0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Stress-Free MD Podcast. I'm so happy you're joining me today for another wonderful episode. And first, I'd like to share a review from one of our listeners, Dr. Nina, who says, I am stress-free just listening to this! Exclamation point, exclamation point. (laughs) She says, I love how Dr. Tiger gets what it's like when you're successful on the outside but suffering with debilitating stress on the inside. It's obvious she truly cares about helping others. As a physician and a single mom of three, living without stress is key, so I welcome Dr. Tiger's soothing voice as she shares her vast knowledge, experience, and expertise in a wide range of scientifically-based healing modalities. She's so encouraging and supportive. It's as if I'm sitting down for a chat with a caring friend. I love that her podcasts include easy-to-implement techniques that I can actually apply in my everyday life to reduce and prevent stress. Ah, I'm so glad I found her here! (laughs) Exclamation point. Thank you so much, Dr. Nina M.D. Thank you so much for sharing. It means so much to me to learn how the lessons in this podcast are helping you. It also helps others find the podcast through the algorithm. So if you haven't done so yet, please take a moment on iTunes to scroll down to the bottom or your preferred listening platform and leave a five-star rating and review. It would mean so much to me and so much to all the other people that you'll be able to help to find this podcast, to get the help that they need so they can decrease the stress in their lives as well. So today I want to talk with you about the differences between doing and being. Doing versus being. Ask yourself this question, are you a human just doing all of the time or are you a human actually being? I want you to think about this for a moment. Are you a human just doing all of the time? Or are you a human who is actually being? I've been thinking about this a lot lately, particularly throughout the pandemic, with my physician clients telling me that they feel like robots, going through the motions of work, going through the motions of life, just checking the boxes, feeling numb, doing, doing, doing. Right, all this doing, doing, doing. I really like how Zindel Siegel, a Canadian psychologist, describes this further. If you think about it, your brain has two different types of core functions or modes doing or being. With doing, your brain is working to accomplish tasks towards a specific goal to reduce the gap between how things are and how you think they should be. Doing can be further broken down into impersonal external doing, such as doing specific tangible tasks. Examples may be charting patient's info, grocery shopping, making dinner. And then personal internal doing, the need to be happy, not make a mistake, be the best person. Now with being different than doing, Your brain is giving you space to experience present moment awareness, accepting and allowing what is without the need to change it. Now, your brain can only be completely in one mode or the other at any given time, analogous to the gears in a car. Each gear has its own specific job and its own specific set of qualities, right? And so, just like in a car, It's normal and healthy to switch gears or to switch brain modes between doing and being all day long. But here's the problem. The problem arises when you are what I call doing heavy, which is essentially overdoing, or what Siegel calls driven doing. And this is absolutely physically, emotionally, and psychologically exhausting and lacks joy. Totally lacks joy. And this is what so many people, and maybe you, and what used to be me, are experiencing right now, going through the motions of life each and every day, feeling little to nothing at all. You can overdo it with piling on external tasks. You may be using external tasks as a buffer, buffering, as we say in life coaching, so as to not face unpleasant feelings, emotions, thoughts, beliefs. That voice in your brain is offering you all these things, right? So you pile up on the doing. Buffering is distraction, but it doesn't really ever eliminate the feelings, emotions, thoughts, or beliefs. It just fogs them out for a short period of time, but they're still there and they still need to be processed. You can try and miss doing with respect to internal tasks. You try and you miss, but it doesn't work. I'm not the person I'm supposed to be, right? It's hard to check off that box as complete. It's not like simply completing your chart or a grocery list and it just causes rumination, it causes just all of this circling with no end and just leads to more and more suffering. So you can think of doing versus being like this. Driven doing is fixed on an internal goal, whereas being is not attached to a goal. Driven doing is sense of have to or should. Being is accepts and allows what is. Driven doing is constant monitoring. Being is no pressure to monitor. Driven doing is focus on a past or future. Being is focus on the present moment. Driven doing is evaluate feelings as good to hang on to or bad to get rid of. Being is Feelings come into awareness and are temporary. Driven doing is focus of experience is on progress towards goal. Being is experience has freedom to be fresh and responsive. You can also think of doing versus being like this. Climbing versus growing. Connections versus relationships. Reactive versus responsive. Answer to how versus answer to why. Changing versus transforming. I love that one, changing versus transforming. In the being mode, you are self-reflective, self-accepting, connected, engaged, authentic, empathic, self-aware, and insightful. All these amazing qualities When you are being, the being mode is so freeing. And yes, we do need the doing mode to get things done. Absolutely. You just don't want to overdo it or always be in the doing mode. And you don't want to focus on that which you cannot just check a box for, which is trying to just change your feelings, your emotions, your thoughts, your beliefs. It just doesn't work that way. Is it starting to make some sense now? Yeah. Okay, so you may be saying about now, how do I cultivate the being mode? How do I cultivate that? How do I get that? (laughs) Great question. In the being mode, the mind has nothing to do, nowhere to go, and can focus fully on the moment-by-moment experience, allowing you to be fully present and aware of whatever is here right now. You can learn to switch out of the doing cruise control or the doing automatic pilot, as I like to think it, by bringing your awareness to the present moment, even in your busiest of days, even in your busiest of moments. I like to think of it as refreshing your screen, restarting your computer or your phone, right? It brings on this newness, this blank slate. And it comes down to moving from disembodied to re-embodied. You know, coming down to moving from completely being in your brain, from your shoulders up between your ears, and then coming back into your body, giving your brain some space. So I know you're incredibly busy, but here are five ways that I know you can easily incorporate into your moments so that you can have being moments. And here are five ways to do that. Number one, sense your body sense your body. So in the car, for example, sense the parts of your body touching your car seat, the floor, sense your hands on the steering wheel, the air on your skin, if the air conditioner or heat is on, or maybe the windows or the sunroof is open, right? Instead of just doing by driving and not remembering how you got to your destination, (laughs) raise your hand. I know, right? I've been there. I know you probably have been there nodding your head now, how did I get here? Did I stop at the lights? Did I stop at the stop sign? Mm -hmm. Right. So sensing your body, for example, while you're in the car, sensing your body if you're in a chair at a desk, right? Sensing the parts of your body touching the chair, what parts are touching the floor, sense your hand on the mouse, your fingers on the keypad, the location of your other hand. Notice the sounds of the clicking of your mouse or your keyboard. If you're standing during a procedure or surgery, sense the equipment in your hands, your feet on the ground. In the shower, sense the water, the soap, smelling the scents. For more on this, listen to episode 11 on shower thoughts. I talk a lot about this. Okay, so these are just some examples of sensing your body. That's number one. Number two, taste your food. (laughs) <laughs> taste your food, avoid empty wrapper syndrome. I did a whole podcast on this one, episode 19. You could go back and listen if you'd like. Really just opening up all five of your senses when you're eating. So you don't just eat your food quickly while busy doing something else and not even notice that you ate it, not even remember eating it, not even digesting it or enjoying it. Number three, make eye contact. Look at people when they talk to you. Look at people when you're talking to them. Actually turn your body to look at them. That goes for your pets too. Don't just give a quick pat, but look at your pet in your pet's eyes when you greet them. Number four, listen when people are talking to you. Really hear them so you don't walk away forgetting and have to say, what did you say? Because that's hurtful to the person that has to repeat that over and over again, right? Number five, open your eyes and see. Notice what's around you. How many times did you drive up your driveway and not notice the beautiful flowers in bloom at your very own home? I can tell you I used to do this. I didn't even realize. You know, I walk around. When did these bloom? Um, several weeks ago, I'd hear. Jeez. Mm, I mean, you spent time planting them or spent money having someone else do it. You quickly drive up the driveway, get in the house, you don't even notice. You don't even see. How many times do you look at your watch and not remember what time it is? Or check the weather and not remember what you read that the weather was going to be? Over and over again. So open up your eyes and see. So I'm sure as you start to practice these things, you'll begin to notice. There may be even other things that you can do to have mindful being moments. You know, how can you have being moments in your life? I recently heard a poem by Mary Oliver, and I want to share a portion of that with you because it totally stuck with me. And it's really, really representative of doing versus being. She writes, when it's over, I want to say all my life, I was a bride married to amazement. I was the bridegroom taking the world into my arms. When it's over, I don't want to wonder if I have made of my life something particular and real. I don't want to find myself sighing and frightened or full of argument. I don't want to end up simply having visited this world. I'm going to say that again. I don't want to end up simply having visited this world. Wow. You don't want to just have visited, do you? We need those being moments. You need those being moments. So bring them into your life. So it comes down to just doing. (laughs) Just doing is just visiting. And being includes having a fulfilling, meaningful, joyful life. And you've worked too hard. You've come too far to only visit this thing called life. To visit this thing called life. Channeling my inner prince. (laughs) Okay, so this is what I want you to do invite being moments into your life. Choose one or more of the five ways that I gave you to start sensing your body, tasting your food, making eye contact, listening when people are talking, opening up your eyes and seeing. And notice how you feel. Notice how you feel. Send me a message or email and let me know how inviting being moments into your life has improved your life for the better. (laughs) I love to hear from you. I love to hear from you. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening and taking time to care for amazing you. Remember to be kind to one another and to be kind to yourself. And I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode of the Stress-Free MD Podcast. Hi.